eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. It is a special edition. I am James Seltzer, and for once, it feels like this never gets to happen, I get to look my buddy Jack Fritz in the eyes. Fritzy. Yes, so he won't get reviews about how the mic levels are <laughs> it's off. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, so we won't have you sounding loud and me sounding lower because I can't figure out my mic. Um, it's <laughs> we're, big. We're getting there. It's big. We're, we're getting we're there listen, the, this is the Listen, we're still in the infancy stage of the I Hopes podcast. So listen, as we grow this baby, uh, as our listeners continue to help us grow this baby, uh, we will eventually figure out the mic situation. Also, James, it's Ranger Suarez Day. Ooh. How about this, Jack? The first time a left-hander has started a game for the Phillies since 2016. Yes, and that lefty is now bad in the bullpen. So it's great. It's all coming full circle. (laughs) It has, yeah. It's great. That's a good point. Adam Morgan, the last lefty to start a game. Much better in the bullpen than uh, than in the— Well, it wasn't a— That's how bad a starter he was, Fritz. That's what I'm getting at. (laughs) All right, look, um, we're coming off a big week so far for the Phillies. Yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, look, the Dodgers come into town. They lose that first game. They're tightening it. They come back from the, what, 3 nothing deficit, then a 4-1 deficit, take the lead, end up losing the game. Tough outing for Sir Anthony. But this team storms back, Fritzy. They take the next two games. I feel like we all like just keep saying the word resilient, but yep. I, I can't think of a better word for this team. General impressions, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of it, and we'll maybe talk about a little Chase Utley ovation as well. But, uh Big picture, what was kind of your takeaway from We talked about it being a measuring stick yeah. series. Yeah, it was a measuring stick series, and that was probably the biggest series win in six years. Like, it's crazy. Probably the biggest series win. Uh, the crowds are great. I know a lot of that was aided by Chase Utley, but the fact that they came out and they played exciting ba- – that was three exciting baseball games. It was. They were long baseball games. Yes, but- <laughs> they were all long. And not, the 16-inning game was long, obviously, but the others were long games yeah. as well. Yeah, so they were long. But, hey, listen, I don't care if a game's long if it's exciting. So, if it's a good game, who cares? Right. What else am I doing that is better right. than watching a baseball game? Right. So, um, so game one, um, I thought it was interesting because – they had three three mental errors that happened in that game that cost them the game basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know, the early error was the Valentin mix up that was obviously terrible and terrible. Allowed, just, essentially allowed that run in the first inning. To yeah, score. and it was Herrera's Herrera called him off too late. It's just bad miscommunication and the fact that that stuff's still happening in 
in end of July is bad. Yeah, if you um, heard Larry Anderson talking about it, he was not I happy. Believe it, I did, and in between breaks. Yeah. So oh, I can only imagine because what he said on the air was pretty close to a little edgy enough as it was. What he said during the break probably a lot more edgy than that. Right. So uh, wasn't happy, believe it or not. But um, and then and then obviously you have Nick Williams who's playing the ball in right field. Uh, that that cost him uh, another run and Adubel not being able to get the ball home. So and even Adubel letting the, letting the guy get to second base there because he didn't cut it off properly. So three little things that happened in game one. But what I what, what I found interesting was that um, Chase talked about how the crowds held him account- accountable during that whole run. And I think the crowd on Monday night was like it wasn't booze. It was just like figure it out. Like just stop, stop doing this stuff. And I know the Phillies made minor errors the next couple of days, and there's still some minor stuffs. But I think that, and 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 Reese talked about it as well. Just that the 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 fans, I think, are beginning to hold this team accountable, and it's going to raise their level of play. And they did; they raised their level of play the next two days. Big hits and big spots. Their offense is not built around like the the four hits in a row. Like that's just not their offense. And I think we have to adjust the way we watch this team because it's not how we watched baseball in this town for 130 years <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're, they're not that kind of offense and we had to get used to that they're just playing for the beginning that's what they're always going for they got the beginning on tuesday and wednesday is that sustainable not totally but it's also modern baseball yeah i agree with you i think that's just the way the game is being played right now i know people went crazy with the franco not bunting the runner over with two out or with no outs and the runner on second base and that's baseball especially with a guy like franco who Never bunts in his life. Not a bunter. Like, sorry, it's a worse percentage situation to allow that guy to bunt in that situation than to swing away like he did and almost won them the baseball game in that spot. So I'm very with you on that. And I was talking and, to, I was actually talking to Ben Harris because he was the one that was like, he was getting all angry on Twitter. Name dropper. He's getting all angry on Twitter about like the, the people that were saying to bunt there. And we were yeah, talk- he had a very, very sternly worded tweet. Yeah. It's basically like, idiots, it's not a better percentage play. And Sorry. I was like, I was like, well, what are the numbers? And he's basically said that if a runner's on second base, no outs, you have 61% chance of scoring, rather than if he moves him over to third, you have like a 45% chance. I mean, that's of a significant difference. It really is when you're yeah. thinking about the percentages well, it's the same and the thing is, it's amount of sample size that is involved in that. It's the same exact thing as Doug going for it on fourth down. Yeah. It's very it's, it's a it's very similar comparison. Thing. I agree. And I think also you kind of hit on it there, but in addition to a team that plays for the beginning, it, it is a team that and you've said this multiple times on High Hopes podcasts already this season, but it's a team that's never out of a game, which is nope. such a fun thing to have. I, I think if I could pick one hallmark in a team to have, it would be that. Just a team that no matter what the score is, no matter what the situation is, you never believe like the game is truly over. And and that, especially for such a young team, such an inexperienced team, that's yeah. it's, it's surprising to it see is, that. It is. It is. And I think I wonder how how much that has to do with their success in the minor leagues and the fact that they all won down there. That's a really interesting point. Because they they did. They're just I mean, used to winning. At every level, they've won. And they may not have the most talent. The Phillies don't have the most like overwhelming talent in the league. Like You watch that Dodgers team, yeah. and it's like, how did the Phillies beat this team two it's out crazy. of three? It's crazy. But it's just the fact that they've, they've come up winning. They've come up through a winning organization. Um, and maybe that is maybe that has set the standard. It might be. It's a winning culture, Jack. Right. They, they've established a winning culture. Um, it's interesting. And and no better example than this week. They were down 4 nothing on... They were down every single game. They were down every game. They were yeah. down four runs in every game, weren't yep. they? they? Well, they were down three, at three. least three runs. It was yeah, 3 yeah. nothing, and then it was 4-1, I think, in every single game. 
Except the final game where they went down one nothing and then just Came took back. the big lead. And But again, down in every single game, yep. it almost feels like the first inning they're going to give up a run and then they're going to storm back. That's just the formula for this team. What is they got to figure out. Like, they got to figure, figure out. out the first inning. And thing. especially, like I think something you mentioned on before that, that I don't think we can underrate, this team is playing way too poorly defensively this deep into a season. I, I don't think you can argue with that. Nope. I, I mean, it cost them game one. It could have cost them game two. I mean, that first inning was a, a comedy of errors. I don't know what Andrew Nett was thinking, throwing the ball into center field on a walk. It was the ball was in the dirt. It's not like, oh, it could he, it was a walk. You know, you got to know the situation there. Be better. But, and, and Nap, obviously, some struggles defensively to begin with. But he's but also been he their, best, bit. their best. Exactly. Hitter. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with him be, getting playing time. Well, especially when you look at the bench and when you, whether it's him or Alfaro on the bench, the fact that your backup catcher is far and away your best hitting bench guy. We'll get to that coming <laughs> up. But um, look, 57 and 44, Jack. This team is in first place, a game and a half up on the Braves. We'll get to Ranger Suarez making mm. the start later tonight. I want to hear your take mm. on Suarez. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Uh, I believe in the Baseball American midseason rankings, he was their number seven prospect, according to them. And yeah. and that's the interesting thing with the Phillies list is they vary so much because there's so much quantity of quality and different you know judgments by different outlets and all that. But um, all right, this Dodgers series, a couple things I want to note on before we get to the whole chase of it all. But uh, Reese Hoskins, four homers in five days. I know the whole the whole home run derby ruins the swing crowd. Probably not feeling too good right now, but helped him. It, it look, I think it might have. What, what have you seen from Rees in these you know six games since the break that makes you feel like he's about to go on a serious roll here? Well, I just think that the home run derby it instilled even more about figuring out his launch angle. I totally agree with you. Like, you could see it. You could see him doing the math in the derby. Well, and his home, his home run on on Monday night was he almost went down to a knee, yes. but he knew he had to get to that angle to get the ball and, and yank it out of the ballpark. It's, I think it, it made him think about home runs more and more, which just unlocks another level of Reese that mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ready for. But every, <laughs> like he, he, every, since he's come back from the break, I feel like he could have had he could have had four home runs and a doubleheader on Sunday. Yeah, well, that game he could have five hits in that game. The, the Travis Janikowski steals the home run. Yep. It felt like every ball he hit was hit hard on a nose. It just seemed to be right to a fielder every time. Every single game he he's been smoking balls. It's 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 great, um, and he's starting to to ascent to a, a like a. I think he could be the second star on a good team, like on a great team, on a really good team, yeah, right? I like I think Reese Hoskins is a star, but he's not like the. Like the Harper, Machado, that kind of Mike star. Trout, like the top, like a, top level. I, I was thinking about his comp today. For some reason, I stumbled across like his baseball reference page. He might be my, uh, Mark Teixeira. Two set, 265 hitter, yeah. 360 OBP, 35 homers a year. I could see that. That's exactly what I'm like, picturing of Reese Hoskins. Teixeira wasn't the best player in, on the 2009 Yankees. It no. was A-Rod. But I think Reese is getting to the point where you can – like he's he's such a, a good middle player. of the lineup hitter, you know, a classic, you know, where lineups are different now, but that right, classic right. idea of a middle of the lineup hitter who can be one of your best hitters. I yeah. I agree with you. Second I, best player in championship. And I said this before the break, and and again, he's proved me right a little too quickly, but I expected him to have a month where he just goes off. Well, and, he does it every. I mean, he, he does it every year. He That's did it what? It was. Uh, it was the beginning of it was May he went off, mm-hmm. or was no? No, he just it, gets on runs. He gets locked in. No, it was, he did terrible May and a really good June. He had a the May was when he swooned. Be, well, and then, yeah, and then, and then he broke, broke the jaw, jaw and came back in June and he was, was great. He's yeah. been really good since coming back from the job. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think you could be excited about Reese. I think we're we're starting to see him kind of turn a corner here mm-hmm. offensively. Um, all right, anything else offensively? We'll get to the pitching. Anything else stand out from that series from an offensive perspective? I know Santana hitting the ball a little bit since coming back. Michael Franco. <laughs> I know he's been awesome. He's he's. 
He's been really good. He's been really good. He's fa- he, he's covering more of the plate, it feels like. I, I still don't trust him on guys that throw. I, I know Jansen throws hard, but guys with, like, really wicked sliders, he just comes out just, just it's not competitive. Mm-hmm. But he's holding his own. He's, he's been great. He's very much holding his own. It's it's. It's been impressive. I I'm beginning to trust him. Timely hits too. Timely hits. Yeah. Carlos Santana has a OPS over a thousand with runners in scoring position, uh, but his batting average is two hundred nine. So obviously he's not a good player. Like, <laughs> obviously he's not a good offensive player if his batting average is two hundred nine. Uh, he's driving in runs. Um, other things offensively. I think Santana in the leadoff hole was interesting. It was interesting. I don't love it, but I, look, I don't love it. But let's put it this way: I like him better as a leadoff hitter than a four hitter. I want. I want Jorge Alfaro to to be amazing so bad because his home run on. Well, did you did you hear the Statcast put it out that that was the third hardest hit home run they've ever tracked? Dude, it was, it was the first destroyed. the first two were Jorge Alfaro. Jorge Alfaro has the three hardest hit home runs in the history of Statcast like, so that has, they've ever tracked. So he's he's gonna break Statcast, right? Because he already he has the hardest balls of second it's base. It's unbelievable. Of all time. He's like built for Statcast. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and I. It was weird. His defensive, he, he was rated as the fifth best defensive catcher for Fangrass, which is, I, I don't buy that one. I, I like, I like Fangrass. The arm's pretty awesome. Let's, but. let's relax there for a second. Um, but yeah, yeah. Alfaro just. When that. he gets a hold of one. I, I love the phrase because I think it's perfect for it, but he has light tower power when he gets a hold of one. He really does have that elite skill. Like his power tool is, is a 75 or an 80, just the pure power. Yeah. And it's just like maybe start your swing a bit earlier <laughs> that's maybe all you need to do and you could turn into a middle of the pack gary sanchez yeah and look look right now even even if he can shore up the defensive stuff which we've already seen him make a jump i think defensively from what we expected and then you add in the arm i mean he could be a top 10 catcher in baseball yeah with this sure. skill set yeah, he could yeah, be yeah. a top five catcher in baseball with this skill set yep. if he could develop some consistency on the offensive end yeah um nick williams had a really good at bat the other day your boy yeah, he's, he's, been good. Oh, he's the only batting like two and nine in the last like two weeks. But I uh, will not slander Nick Williams anymore. Look at this. He is he is so having momentous. good. All I care is that he has good plate coverage and comes up with big hits in, in a certain amount of time. Um, but the offense, it's just it's not it's 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 a they play for the beginning. It's fine. Um, it's not going to blow you away. They need they need another piece. They need a bat, and we're going to get into that because obviously a new name has come out, outfielder. I think a name a lot of people know. We'll get to that. Yeah, as well as some of the potential infield options as well. But Pitching, real quick, before we move ahead, Arietta, decent yeah, enough start? Like, that's all we need. That's, that is all we need out of Jake Arietta. Give us a quality start. That's right. what we're asking we for. We just, just don't, no more the four innings, 100 pitches, and balls all over the place. Like, keep us in a ball game. That's all we'll ask. I'll pay you $75 million. Please, <laughs> yes. for the love of God. We're doing it anyway. Just just give us six innings and, and, and do your job. Yeah, and that's not too much to ask. Interesting enough, uh, you know, you go into this series, you're like Eflin, Nola, Arietta, you feel really good about yep. those first two. Arietta, the best start of the three for this series. Uh, you know, Nola, you're not worried about at all. No. Eflin, though, two straight, one mediocre start in this past one, a bad start against the Dodgers. Any worry in regression, or is this just a bad set of circumstances from a lock perspective? No, I think a lot of it had to do with rust, and I think he had to get a lot of cobwebs off. I mean, he hadn't pitched in two weeks, I think, by that point. Uh, yeah, it, the blister held him back a little bit. Right, but like I've been saying for the last month, like the thing that made him get to the next level was the fact that he's locating that fastball both sides of the plate. And what he did on Monday night was just leaving meatballs right down the middle. Yep. And if we're seeing his fastball start to get Flatten. back towards the middle of the plate, then he's in for big trouble because he's just not the same pitcher. So um, 
if he like obviously I will count the first star as Russ. That's perfectly fine. Uh, he just needs to make sure he can get back to how he was feeling before the blister and make sure that fastballs both sides of the plate, high, low, mixing it up. Um, but I'm not pressing the panic button yet. I agree. But again, blisters too, one of those things that you know as well as anyone for a pitcher, really bad injury to have, something that can yeah. linger. And, and Well, it- that's that's the problem with throwing the knuckle curve. And they, they're all spiking their curve now, but it creates a blister because yeah. it's, it's putting all that pressure on you. If you can't get that same pressure, that same grip, and the, the blister is causing even the slightest bit of discomfort, it can really affect how you pitch, affect well, your gonna, spin rate, all that type of it's stuff. Gonna leave your, you're going to leave your stuff up, Yep. and then it's going to get crushed. Um, but yeah, no, his fastball is just right down the middle on Monday night, and nothing you can do about it. He'll- it also brings up an interesting thing that you've talked about a lot is the amount of innings these young pitchers are pitching yep. and are going to be expected to pitch over the long haul. I think probably a good time to dive into some of the trade stuff going around is Jay Happ gets moved today to traded? the New York Yankees. Being finalized, apparently, Damn to it. the Yankees. A two-for-one deal. Uh, McKinley is in it. I can't remember the other player in the deal. Brandon Drury, I saw, might be in the deal. I don't know I, what they, that does. It. They're 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 piping up Brandon Drury like he's a prospect. I, it's cra- the guy's they like 30 for years Hand. old, for Christ's sake. It's, all- it's absurd. He couldn't even win the third base job. Miguel Anduar got it. Like that, He was supposed to be their opening day third baseman, and Miguel Anduar, who's played really well, but was nothing at that time and, and beat him out for that job. They did not expect him to take the leap that quickly. But yes, Cashman J- or Theo? J- if I, I Okay. All right, let's Cashman ad- or Theo? Let's address this real quick, because because you're the the world's biggest theater, and it is so strange to me. Look, I get it. I think if we're talking purely just pure uh, GM ability, I understand why you would take Cashman. I think that that is a fair take. But at the same time, like Theo Epstein stewarded the two franchises that had never won the World Series. He ended. 200 years of futility and sadness and frustration. I've said cool. this before, I'll say it again. I think what Theo seen did is the greatest accomplishment in our lifetime as sports fans. History, That's what I think. History of the world. Theo Epstein. Abe I will Lincoln take, and I will Theo take, Epstein. So, so I will take Theo Epstein to run my franchise over Brian Cashman. How about that? I would give Brian Cashman ownership stake. Yeah. Look, Cashman's been doing it a really long time. He's done a really good job. I think Cashman deserves... All the credit in the world for what he did a few years ago. He's turned this team well, look, from what he, yeah. depleted assets into like into one of the best farm systems in baseball, into a, a team that is you know what sixty something wins already. Like has been awesome yeah. this year. And again, you go back a few deadlines ago. Actually, when the Phillies were moving Cole Hamels when they traded him to the Rangers, the two players that deadline that Cashman said, "I am not trading for pieces." They were in the Hamels sweepstakes. They were in other sweepstakes. Aaron Judge, Luis Severino. And Sanchez. But those were the two guys that he refused to move, that he was asked about ad nauseum. Refused to move them. That worked out. And it doesn't always work out, but I'm I'm with you. Cashman's a really good GM. I think that's a good place to look at the Phillies from this 100% agree. That was the the example I kept using when people were freaking out about, give up six stone, give up blah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It does matter. It does. Just because you don't know these prospects, just because they're maybe not a household name, doesn't mean that they can't become something that is going to be a real massive piece for you in the future. Having organizational depth and 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 really solid players all throughout it, it helps in trades and you don't get rid of elite prospects. You just don't do it. Like you don't put Sixo Sanchez in a deal for a rental. If you want to like it's just it was it was always ridiculous. I'm glad that Clemsack didn't jump in. Um and I think Showed looking restraint. at looking at the Yankees model I think is an interesting model. Yeah, because they, they could be that because they are building that kind of farm system. Like the Phillies' farm system is legit, uh, and they also have the money. It's great. Uh, it, they are in a very unique position, like that. And granted, they don't have some of the 
higher end guys like Glebar Torres, a top three or four prospect in baseball before yeah. he got called up. Um, they don't have a guy like that in their system, but Sixto could be that theoretically from a pitching side. Mm-hmm. But regardless, what Cashman's done out there, both building a, a roster that can compete aggressively compete now and also have a lot of pieces either to trade or to help fortify them in the futures. Very impressive. But you know what, Jack? Screw the Yankees. We don't care <laughs> on the Yankees. Let's talk some Phillies. So hop off the market. Let's start with starting pitcher, then we'll work our way down to the bats. Um, so Cole Hamels still on the board as it is, has not pitched well, Phillies fans, but I think there are a lot of Phillies fans still happy to potentially see Hamels come back. Um, some of the controlled starters been thrown on the market lately. There's been a lot of Chris Archer buzz out there. Yep. Um, Jacob DeGrom, I don't think they move him, but <laughs> no. that is a name that's been, been out there as yeah. they need a haul to get. That's the kind of guy you trade 604 if you're right. really going to trade for someone. That's I don't think they the, move him. The Yankees should give everything. Exactly. <laughs> like, but, all right, so how do you assess this starting pitcher market? And and to your point before about all the innings, we, we say, oh, they don't need a starter, but they might. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Area is the only guy on this roster or on the starting staff that has pitched over 200 innings. No one else has done it yet. Velasquez threw 73 innings last year. Um, Pavetta, you know, he made he made all the starts, but he didn't get to 200 innings. Um, Aaron Ola, I think, pitched 170 something last year. So none of these guys have thrown over 200 innings in a season. And obviously, you have the, the arm issues with Velasquez and all that. So while it's been great, and while it's that you you on paper, it's like, well, we don't really need a starter. They do need a starter. They need someone that they can kind of trust that can be a four or five, or if you go get Archer, be your two or three. Um, and and Make sure you're not running these guys into the ground or put Pavetta in the bullpen, one of those two. Um, I mean, I just saw Joel Sherman just come out and said the Cubs are making inroads to land Cole Hamels. So I'm, I'm just done with Cole Hamels. Like, I don't want Cole Hamels on this team. Like, he's just, he's not, he's not good anymore. He's been really he bad. He's doing the exact opposite of what he did uh, heading into the trade deadline in 2016. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, um, I mean, like, maybe, if you, basically, if you trade for Cole Hamels, you're betting on. Him getting back here, getting out of Arlington Ballpark, National and, League, and putting him in stuff. a pennant run, and hoping that he can recreate some of that magic. But from what I've seen, the fastball's flat. It's leaning, it's it's leaking out towards the middle of the plate again. Uh, he's not be, he's not able to get into to righties anymore. He's he's leaving out of the over the plate, and guys like Jonathan Lucroy, who aren't even good hitters, are taking him yep. tank shots for 400 feet or right to center field. Um, I I would I'm actually growing more interest in Chris Archer like I've long not really been a big Chris Archer yeah. guy but I remember standing for Chris Archer right. and coming back at me right so so like it's weird because his peripherals are always amazing a always great K- every single year FIP K per nine all that stuff is great but he's actually not pitching that well. Like yeah. it's 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 the ERA is still four three for the last mm-hmm. five years uh besides what the one he had the one really good year right. yep um but here's the thing is that with Nola emerging as the ace, Arietta hopefully six innings, less than four, three runs. Uh, Archer can come in here and just help facilitate a rotation. And I think getting him out of the AL East would be massive for his upside. Putting him in the NL East where he can just face <laughs> like the Marlins and the Mets. Yeah, I think that for goes sure. a long way. His K per nine numbers are still ridiculous. Um, I wouldn't put Sixto in a deal. I wouldn't put Hazel. Uh, I may put Hazley in a deal. Whoa! I don't know. Coming man. Like, from dude, you, dude, it's, it's a cheat contract for the next. You, thir- it's an amazing guy. It's, it's, an, it's potentially if he pitches close to what his ability is, it could be like one of the best contracts in baseball. I think there's a lot of people nervous about Chris Archer because his numbers, his ERA isn't great, but he's coming to the NL East and leaving the AL East. I think that that helps him immensely. He's got all the talent. All the talent. I. I don't know if I put Hazley in the deal. I would think about putting Hazley in the deal. 
and there's been some weird Hazley stuff. Like Hazley's had been insanely hot at Double A, white hot. Been, it's been he's he's crushing the ball and back to back days from Fangraphs and another thing I uh, I think uh, top fifteen hundred prospects dot com whatever I was looking at. Like scouts view him as like a fourth outfielder. And I just want to be like, what are you? What, like, what am I? Like, what am I yeah, missing? Yeah, it's surprising. It's probably because the power. The power hasn't been there yet. And I understand because he has like a really small load, and you can't really see the full like attack. But I think he's gonna be really good. Um, I don't know, but I would be really interested in Archer because everything else in the market, I don't love. Like Danny Duffy, I think would be interesting. And apparently, the the Royals said that they're not going to trade Duffy. Who knows? Could be posturing, but. Yeah, yeah, but like who another else is, another good contract is a, a right. way to look at it. But like Tommy. who who else is out there that would even really make sense? Like I thought Hap would have been a good guy you can get on a cheap uh, rental rental kind of guy that that helps you right now. Listen, if they want to swing big, they want to be bold. Archer's probably the guy. Yeah, I think so too. And when you look again, time for three more years. You have real control over this guy. He's someone who can come in and help you in this run now and uh-huh. be a part of the future as well. And to your point as well. How about this? The fact that we've spent all season hyping up Rick Kranitz and the job this pitching staff, coaching staff has done. Bring Archer in here. Give him the chance to work with these guys. Thank you very much for bringing that up because I was sitting on something this morning (laughs) and I completely (laughs) forgot about it until that exact second. What about Gosman? Get Gosman in here. Well, they they're talking about. I know it. they're talking about moving. I would from... trade for Kevin Gosman in a Listen, second. I'm just. I think he he's. He's the exact type of guy you're just talking about. I know. Someone who just has not lived up to that talent, but has shown in stretches, like his second half last year. He has shown in stretches that when he's on, he's really on. Like Gosman is infuriating, and I really don't like him. But. He's really talented. He's so talented. And I think if you get him out of that slop down in Baltimore, who, like, they're just now implementing uh, analytic departments yeah. and stuff. Oh, Baltimore is, is as far behind as any organization it's, in the sport. It's it's like watching the 2015 Phillies all over again. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's, I feel so bad for them because by that point, all of us were like, oh, my God, can you please, yep. please implement some analytics? Uh, Gosman's the kind of guy that, like, if you go get him, it's a buy, it's a the bias low as possible. Um, and if, if he can figure it out, you're getting a top of the line starter. And they, they, the, the Cubs did this with Arietta, obviously you, you bring Gosman here. He was in the, the Orioles system with Joe Jordan, all those guys. Yep. And you get him with Rick Kranitz, who might be legitimately the wizard really, Rick Kranitz. really like he's the been next Dave Duncan, Rick Kranitz. He has been the most, underappreciated I totally agree with you. Philly. Like, in, I can't believe it. All the guy does, like, he's done such a great job and was part of the staff last year, too, as the assistant pitching coach. Mm-hmm. You have to give him a little credit what, for developing what, these guys like, along the way. Bob McClure? Bob McClure. Seriously? What up, Bob? We're, 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 we're <laughs> suppressing Rick Kranitz for Bob McClure? <laughs> Jesus, what are we doing here? Yeah, well, Pete McCannon has his guys. Fritz, uh, come Pete. on. Pete. Miss Pete McCannon. Interim um, Pete. Um, I'm just I'm interested. I would be interested in in trying to get a guy like Gosman. I think Bundy would probably cost more. I think Bundy would cost more. He's um, pitched better. Right. I, there is some interest. I would. Be, I'm interested to see what they do. Like from a reclamation project standpoint, I I'm I'm interested. Like Gosman, Carlos Rodon, maybe maybe they're ready to move on from sure. him a little bit. Very talented. Um, if you're, they might have to get creative. Is the point. Like you might have to get creative because there's not that controllable. There's not that rental starter on the market now that Hap's gone, and there's not that controllable guy outside of Archer. All right, let's move on to some relief pitchers. I know a lot of people have been starting to bug out a little bit as the relief pitcher market is starting to 
Mr. Cool, Joachim Surya, the latest to be traded. He got traded too? Got traded I go today. in the car for an hour. Yep, to the, <laughs> I love that I'm just breaking all this news to you. Uh, Joachim Surya traded to the Brewers today, so he is off the That's board. such a Brewers move. It is such a Brewers <laughs> move. Uh, I mean, but you know what? That thing with the Brewers is they have the back end of the bullpen pretty set up. So what are they, why, you're trading for Surya to be a middle-of-the-rotation middle guy, not too bad, or middle-of-the-bullpen guy. Um, so Mark Feinstein puts out this tweet just to throw a few names at you. Was Soria joining Herrera, Cologne, Britton, Familia, Han, and Chavez as relievers on the move? The remaining batch available includes Rysel Iglesias, which we've talked about It'll a bunch. cost a ton. It'll cost a ton. Obviously the best name on the bunch. But then some other names we've talked about. Fernando Rodney, I've mentioned a fair amount. Keone Kella, closer for the Rangers. Yeah. Um, Zach Duke. I didn't even know Zach Duke was still pitching. Get out. Addison Reed, <laughs> Kirby Yates, of course, would be a great buy, I think, for them. Oh, Kyle Barraclo, Drew Steckenrider. Cur- oh, my God. <laughs> Kirby Yates, a right-handed pitcher for the Padres. Um, Drew Sagenreiter. Adam Conley is a left-hander. Uh, Conley, uh, he throws a few other names in there. Tyler Clippard, Sergio Romo, Jake Diekman. Wait, hold on. Formerly of the Phillies. Did you see? Well, here's the thing about the. Here's the thing that I've, I've come to with the with the relievers market is that like it's out of control. The the the, the Marlins are asking for Michael Chavis or Jason Groom for a second rider. It was like, are you out of your mind? Like, dude, I, dude start converting all the starters. I hang up the <laughs> phone immediately. I'd oh my, like, click. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I I would love another reliever here. I'm with you. The market is weird. Just just develop guys. They have this guy down. They have a lefty down in the minor leagues right now who's absolutely killing it and probably would be one of their best lefty relievers. He's brought him up. Uh, I forget his last name, but listen, there's a guy who calls here who's really like Wayne in Ocean City. Is I love a, Wayne. He's a legitimately smart baseball guy. I love Wayne. Wayne's a good dude. And he's inter- he's interesting. But um, like, just develop guys. I am not interested in paying a premium for like a guy like Derek Steckenrider, who's really good. Drew Steckenrider. Drew Steckenrider, uh, who's really good. But it's just that's a crazy price to pay. It's, it's, an, insane. it's an insane price to pay. Um, I don't know what Kirby Yates is going to cost. He would be interesting. Did the Reds put Amir Garrett on the table or no? Not that I've seen. Garrett's an interesting name. Obviously, a starter, turn reliever, which happens a fair amount. I think that it's if all I, the Reds do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I had to guess, I would guess they still have plans to make him a starter at some point. Would be my guess. Too much upside there, yeah. I think, as a starter. But really look, good reliever. Yeah, if Amir if Amir Garrett's on the table, I, would, I but I think again, if Second Rider is costing that, what's, right. Garrett could have called. No, I know. Same I, I, idea. I think the reliever, the, the reliever market is just—it's crazy. It's gone crazy, and I know most fans, not listeners of the High Host podcast, are going to freak out when the Phillies don't really make a big move for a bullpen piece. But if the, if it's going to cost you a top five prospect, then that's just bad team building. Like, I'm sorry, I, I agree that, with you. And the bullpen's been legitimately. That's what good. I was about to go to. I mean, you see what the bullpen has done. Really, this whole month, the whole month of July, they've been absolutely outstanding. We saw it again in that 16 inning game. Just. They won the game because the bullpen was able to keep it up and keep going. Then for eight innings or ten innings of shutout ball or whatever. Austin it was. Davis, it's my guy. Gritting it out. I love Austin Davis. He's gritting it out. I, 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 I feel like he pitches well every time I watch him pitch. I, I, I'm just that's so just the way I feel about Austin Davis. I'm so glad that Nishak threw those thirteen pitches and then couldn't help them out. <laughs> couldn't help them out. <laughs> yeah, don't count on Pat Nishak ever like, coming through for you if you need it. Like, I, I, I love that Tommy Hunter throws two innings on Monday night, has to come back Tuesday, grits it out, pitches well, and Nishak can't go... He pitches 13 pitches and can't yep. throw on Wednesday. Yeah. He is absurd. Uh, Tommy Hunter, where's the trust level? Uh-oh. Because it's... I think he's good. I think Tommy Hunter's good. I'm sorry. 
I have been squatting on that take for a little well, while. Well, here's now. the thing. He's Tommy, good. Like, he's legitimately. He, he was good. Like last year, the year before, Tommy Hunter was a really good pitcher. When they signed him, you and I, I'm sure, go check the high hopes oh, yeah, tapes. Yeah, yeah. We love the signing. Well, because he had bet, he had the same exact peripheral numbers as Brandon Morrow. And Brandon Morrow got paid by the Cubs to be their closer, and he's really good. Tommy Hunter is a, is a, he's, he, it seems like he's rounding into form. He is still nasty against lefties. Like, lefties don't touch the guy. It's the cutters in, it's just, it's game over. Um, I'm beginning to trust him more. Um, Sir Anthony, they can't pitch him. Here's the, here's what they have to do is that they can't pitch Sir Anthony on back to back days because on the second day, his numbers are just bad. Like, you can it, see it. It's not the same pitcher. You can just see it. It's, it's, it's tough because he's a starter turning into a bullpen piece. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just, it's the nature of the business. They need one more. Shut down guy like Nishak shut down, but he's not like Sir Anthony. I agree down. with you. They need one more guy they can put in any situation right. and you feel confident. Though I will say Victor Rano, getting back to being the Vic. guy we thought he was. He's been great again. And and started the season, we all were were Victor Rano's legit and then injured, came back, wasn't quite as good. I think Victor Rano may be someone yeah. we can count on as well. Uh, all right. hold on. One name I want to throw by Ooh. you. I want to see what you think. Buy low on Tavi Canely. The, the, yeah, I would do that. He's in, in Triple A. He's striking out, striking out forty percent of his batters. A, he, uh, Just get him here. Yeah, he was great for the Yankees yeah. last year. And he now they also well, the stuff his, is there. It's not his fault that they brought in Zach Britton. It's not David his Robertson. fault that they have the greatest bullpen in the history of baseball. <laughs> right. I say that without any equivocation, any question. The Yankees right now have the best bullpen that certainly I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. They added Zach Britton to it. Like, what the hell? Um, all right, to the bats. Uh, name comes out this week. Uh, yesterday, Indians and the Phillies, the front yep. runners for that. Adam Jones, Fritzy. Uh, the power is pretty much gone. Um, I mean, he's he hit, he's hit ten homers this year. He's batting two seventy seven. So basically, he's a singles hitter. Um, I I like it from the standpoint that he's one of the best clubhouse guys in the league. Mm-hmm. He can he would be playing right field, so his defense would automatically improve. He's not the same. You know, he's not the same. Used field. to be a great center fielder. He's not the same anymore. Not it's it's basically like adding a younger, over the hill Tory Hunter. Sure, it's, I think that's and, a good comp actually. And Tory Hunter was a a viable player for the last like three years. He was a part of winning teams for the last three years of his career. I think Adam Jones can can bring a le- a level of leadership to this clubhouse, uh, accountability to this clubhouse, a a a win a win now ish thing to this clubhouse. Uh, but if you're expecting him to be the Adam Jones from three years Don't. ago or two years ago, like he's not going to be that guy. No, he is a platoon bat that he's basically going to be what Aaron Altair was supposed was to supposed be. to be. He would platoon with Williams. I agree with you. I think that's the move if you bring him in here, and then I think it makes a lot of sense. You look at this team right now. I don't think he should cost much in the last year of his deal. I mean, the one you look at the way this this bench is shaving up, and we'll get uh, in. It's a bad bench, uh, dude. It, and it, then on top, Trevor Plouffe. Trevor Plouffe. <laughs> you mean Mister Sixteenth Inning, Trevor Plouffe? Uh, but even with that in mind, it, it's not just a bad bench, but it's a bench without an outfielder. Yep. When they send Aaron Altair down, they do not have a single guy who can play the outfield. I know Plouffe has been out there a couple times. <laughs> they don't have a single guy who can play the outfield. So whether it's Adam Jones or someone else like that, I think adding an outfielder, unless well, what, what do you think about Granderson? Uh, fine, same exact same idea, but except it, he's a left-hand hitter. I would rather have Adam Jones and Granderson. Right, all else equal. I, well, I, like Granderson won't cost as much. Granderson will not. Gr- Granderson's thirty-seven years old. He's over though. Granderson's a real platoon at bat. Like like Adam Jones, if he were your everyday outfielder, you could be okay. Yeah. Curtis Granderson cannot play the outfield every day. No, that's where he he's at in his career. He adds you a little bit of pop off the bench. I would. I'm not a huge Granderson guy just because I don't think the fit is perfect. They don't really need a left-handed outfield bat as much nope. as they need a right field out, a right-handed hitting outfield bat. But 
Um, I, look, I, I think they need another outfielder. So yeah. someone who's a veteran, who's been around, who do, can come in and give you some good at-bats, I'm, I'm good with. I, I don't need to see Mitch Walding batting again. <laughs> Dude. I just don't need to see that guy hitting in a major league game anymore. <laughs> I'm mean, done with it. I mean, I don't even think Mitch Walding wants yeah, to be out there. Yeah, I think Mitch is good. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get a hit anyway. Let's, <laughs> like, um, what, right. Well, I think if I could map out my perfect deadline. Yeah, well, uh, infield, uh, real quick, and, and then we'll right, get to your okay, perfect okay. deadline. Because two names, I think, have kind of... Made the most sense throughout this process. One a little bit more expensive than the other. Eduardo Escobar, I think, probably yep. the name that makes the most sense. Can play third third and short for you. Yep. He can play either position. Uh, is having a really good season, a breakout-type season, even though he's 29 years old. And I think on a kind of a step down, also having a great season, but wouldn't cost as much as Dribble Cabrera, that same type of guy who can play pretty much any position in the infield, switch hitting bat type of thing. Those two names and anyone else in the infield kind of mix that stands out to you. Yeah, uh, well, Santana, it's weird. So I, I I thought the same way you did, that he can play short, third, second, all that. But I've been looking at some Mets boards and stuff, and they're saying he can— That's true, what you're talking about? Yeah, he can pretty much only play short, second base now. Like, he, he doesn't oh, have the really? same Because he, he, he was a shortstop the majority of his career. I would have assumed he could still play third short. I wasn't sure about— You but. would think he can still play third. Maybe in a pinch, maybe right. get him here and whatever, figure it out. Like— there's been it's been weird. So you'd bring up his dribble on on Twitter or whatnot, and people would be like, "No, he's saw uh, he's bad." And I, I, I would take him. I don't care. That's an outlier se- season. I would take him for cheap, and I think he can help spell Kingery if he struggles. Even though yesterday was a really nice step forward for Kingery, yeah. um, he, he actually hit a home run. Well, he hit the home Miracles run. Miracles do happen. He almost hit the second home run. Yeah. The, the second home run was almost, or the second almost home run was actually I thought more impressive than the, the first one. Um, it was because it was because he <laughs> caught up to a curveball, which I've never seen him do. <laughs> um, but it was a nice, it was a nice day for Kingery. I I, I don't want to bring in a guy that's gonna hurt his development like i would rather i want to see kingery play for yeah, the rest we've, of the been, we've been through this i know i know um but i would go after eduardo escobar just because he can play short and third if uh, i think franco's what he's doing right now is great i don't trust it completely if he becomes a falter at all eduardo's right there if kingery struggles then you can put in our eduardo i just think that i don't want to like the, the phillies are legitimately in a position to win the division like it's not just this is my argument. I'm with you. It's not. It's not just getting to the wild card game and playing the one you game. You win the division. You, you could be playing a, a seven game series off the bat. Yeah, and I think if you bring in Eduardo Escobar, it it it, it won't. Kill it you. makes you better. It won't kill There's you. For no the, it won't kill you for the future, and it'll it'll help you now. It'll help you win now. Um, I'm in on that. I'm in on that idea of Eduardo Escobar. Estrubel is just like fine, but I think Eduardo is the move. Yeah, uh, look, Eduardo. I've I've long been a fan of Eduardo Escobar. I own him in the fantasy league we're in together. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think Eduardo makes a ton of sense. By the way, I picked up Matt Carpenter off the waivers. I Did you really? Ago. Yeah. Well, that worked out. Yeah, he's been the best player in the night. Oh my god, yeah. he's been amazing. Yeah, that picked, worked out. Someone put him on the waivers, and That's I was like, "What are you doing?" He, to be fair, he was atrocious to <laughs> start the season, but still, it's worked out well. Yeah, just a bit. Especially um, last week. Um, so yeah, so I think so. Your perfect deadline is perfect deadline is you get Eduardo Escobar for the the third base and and shortstop capability that he has because I think that ups your your team from day one. You go get Adam Jones, you give him Derek Hall, you give him Derek Hall for Adam Jones or some uh, some of that because the 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 Phillies have a Rule Five problem and they're gonna have to start protecting guys yep. that are talented or that are not protecting guys that are talented mm-hmm. like Derek Hall. It's what the Yankees are going through right now as well. That's why they're able to make all these deals. Because they can just throw these guys in, and they're not going to protect in the forty in the Rule Five draft. Derek Hall fits that category. They're going to have to move him at this deadline, I would think. 
Um, so move him in an Adam Jones deal. He's a perfect Oriole. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. he's a he's a big bat that you know still strikes out and hits like yeah, two fifty. Sure. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense. Get Eduardo Escobar. Get Adam Jones, and then get like Craig Stammen yeah. or just or Jared Hughes from Cincinnati. Just like a a fine reliever, and I'm good. Okay. I'm good. If you want to make the big splash for Archer, go for it. I agree with you. That but, would be my perfect deadline as well. Give me a an infield bat, an outfield bat, and somebody to throw in the bullpen. Yeah, I think that's without giving up too much. That's a perfectly fine deadline, Matt Klentak. If you do that, high hopes and the crowd will be very happy. The listeners to the WIP might not be happy. Yeah, but, but we got you. What matters is that. We're happy. We got you. That's the key <laughs> to all of it. All right. Uh, and, of course, we'll be all over the deadline coming up uh, and yeah. emergency Listen, pods. We will emergency pod ready to go. the ish out of an Eduardo I'm, Escobar trade. I was trade. born for emergency pods. It's Especially I, an Eduardo it's Escobar trade. All right. Uh, Fritz, real quickly, we're going to look at Deranger Suarez in this weekend coming up. But you can't cheer Chase Utley when he gets a hit in the 12th inning. I cannot <laughs> believe... The takes that have been coming out of this radio station all over the place. I have zero problem with cheering Chase Utley as he steps up to the plate. Cool. Awesome. He's my favorite player ever, by the way, while I'm saying this. As he is mine. Yes, my favorite. He gets a hit. He could be the winning run. He represents the winning run. Getting on base in the 12th inning of a game that I think that when we look back at it could be a season-defining win for this team. And people are cheering him getting on base in the 12th inning. Not okay, Jack. No, and what sucks about it is that everyone's like, I just, I think, I don't think people care enough about this team, which makes me so mad because like, this team's in first place. And they're booing the pitcher who's trying to pick Chase Utley off. You're booing your own team. I know. I couldn't, I was, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed by it. I, I, I too was embarrassed. I, I did not like it at all because it's just like, it's just so not aware. Like, I understand what Chase Utley, like, Means no, here. no, ever yeah. athlete, no other athlete in this town will ever be bigger than Chase Utley for me. Like, he is the guy. Like, the god. Or but, the man, you might say. Right. And, like, it's just, it's it's so bad situational awareness to to give the guy a, a rounding applause for getting a hit against your team in extra innings of a game that you that you need to win. That, you, that matters. That matters. And here's the biggest part that I've said to multiple people. I guarantee you, Chase Utley did not want you cheering him getting a hit in that situation if he were a Philly. If he were a Philly in the flipped around, he would have been pissed off yes. that, that his fan base was cheering that dude who got a hit that could have beaten your and, team. And what's the, what does it say about the guys on this team? Like That's what makes me the most mad, is that these young guys are going to see that and be like, yo, I'm right here. Yo. Luis Garcia. The hell, bro? Like, really, you're going to boo me who I'm trying to win a game for I'm you? I'm just trying to win a game. What are, you, what are we talking about here? It, 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 the fans cared more about Utley than they cared about the team, and I was I was upset about that. I couldn't agree more. It made me so mad. I All could, right. If let, you hit a home run, what are you going to do? That's what I said. People, would you have cheered the home run? How about if he gets on first base and then he scores the winning run? You cheering that? It's just the, the argument that... Well, it didn't end up making a difference. Doesn't cut it because you no. cheered in the moment and you didn't know what was going to happen. So we nipped that right in the bud. Thank you. Fritzy, Ranger Suarez. Uh, so Ranger Suarez, he had a point seven, point five seven point ERA. Five seven. Up 15 in, innings. In Lehigh AAA. Valley. Um, Two seven six, I believe, in double A prior to that. Right. And he was also like his first start was in like 35 degrees. And he got, oh, okay. And had a bad one. That's and good. He had like, it was like seven or. So been even better than that. Right, right, right. So um, he doesn't walk anyone. He is. Like a couple years ago, he was famed as the guy that had a seventy-eight to one K to walk ratio. Not bad, pretty good. It's okay. um, <laughs> so uh, he very Cliffly asked of him. Not huge strikeout numbers, but 
Um, he's he's gonna he's, he's gonna, not a he's not a velocity guy, right? He's not a, he's more of a deception type of lefty. But he's been up to ninety two and ninety five, right. so it's not like he doesn't. It's have increased. A he, the the velocity's increased over the last year plus or so. Three three pitches he can control. Um, doesn't walk anyone. Not gonna really strike out big numbers. I think. You know, I think last year he was like 81 innings, 78 strikeouts or something like that. I think it might have been less than that. So, <laughs> right. yeah, I think this year in his 75 innings in double A or whatever, he had like 54 strikeouts. But so- very, very sound mechanics, um, nothing crazy, kind of like, kind of Liriano-ish, but not as not as wild coming out of the, sure. like his arm. Much not, more control. Yeah, he doesn't short arm it like Liriano tried to. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited he... I think he, like, I think he's better than Jojo Romero, and I know Jojo Romero has been up to uh, forty. Number, like yeah. Keith Law had him at forty nine overall, right? Which I thought was a little so much. second in the Philly system according to Keith Law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Suarez, like uh, according to all the managers and pitching coaches on Double A AA and Triple A, just a great locker room guy. He's a, he's a guy that other players in the locker room look up to because of his work ethic, and he would just come in the clubhouse and just be smiling. And I think that's really a positive thing to have around this team. Uh, I'm excited. I think he can stick. However, I'm I I wonder if it's a showcase start for the deadline. Oh, wow, it's interesting. Like I, I, I yeah, it's I a know good question. I know the Orioles loved him in the Machado slash Britain deal. That's interesting. So I wonder if it's a one for one Adam Jones or like I, I'm kind of interested in in Ranger Suarez for Adam Jones and Michael Givens. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, Givens controlled as well, not having not his having best year, year, but really talented. Should be nasty. Guy. Yeah, and he was last year. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So maybe there's something there. Maybe that's why they're pitching him tonight. Regardless, regardless, I'm, I'm very excited for Rangers. Uh, yeah, I am too. And again, it'll be fun to see a lefty start a game for yeah, the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, it'll be I, weird. It's going to take a little bit to yeah, get used to. Yeah, but it'll but... be fun. And and I'm with you. I think, uh, and again, man, what a great name. This team has the best names. Yeah. we got Sir Anthony Dominguez, Ranger Suarez, and Yelde Los Santos. Like, well, it's I mean, fun. You're leaving the GOAT off. The, the GOAT is Sir Anthony. But... Well, no, no, no. Six Ascensions. Oh, yeah, it's a great name, too. I think Sir Anthony Dominguez is a better name. Now pitching for the Phillies. <laughs> Number 45. Okay, we can't under. That's a really good damn Baker. Sixto Sanchez. That's a very good damn Baker. I, I've, I, James, I'm not kidding you. I have dreamt about the day that Dan Baker oh, announces Sixto Sanchez. I'm not kidding you. You've said that to me before. <laughs> yeah. So, But Ranger Suarez, let's not underrate what a great name that is. No, it's a great name and a really good pitcher and a guy that – I think he can stick. I think he can stick. 92 to 95. Doesn't walk anyone. That plays. So much young talent in this system. It's really exciting. I know. It may not, they may not be the sexy names. Exactly. But... It's not all top 100 prospects, but it's like top 120, top 130, top 140. Like they got a lot of really good prospects. They just may not be the the highest end guys that are like, out I think there. Reese topped at 44. He did. And like everyone watching the minor leagues, like this guy's going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I, I like the pro- I love prospects, but it's sometimes you can only put so much stock in those types of rankings. Right. Everyone has like their own biases. Well, look, a perfect example. Hoskins. Yes, and looking a perfect example is the fact that Keith Law has Jojo Romero as his number forty nine prospect overall in all of baseball, and Baseball America has him as the sixth best prospect in the Philly system. Yep. So it, there's just so much variation. Yeah, and based on the eye. All right, Fritzy, a uh, big series coming up against those Cincinnati Reds who, who are hot. Hot. Four and six, I think, in their last ten. But prior to that, since that like first month plus when they've been awful, better than five hundred baseball since then. They played really good baseball. Any thoughts on this series heading up here, a four game set in Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean the bullpen's good. They got Jared Hughes, Michael Lorenzen, uh, Amir Garrett. It'll be tough to score runs late in games. The starting staff's nothing special. Um go after those guys. 
uh, try to attack early. I know their their mantra is yeah. to it's like guys like Anthony Desclafani and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so don't don't try to play for the bullpen because the bullpen's pretty good. Is my main thing. Um, they have Eugenio Suarez. Like they have a good lineup. They have a good fun. They team. have a very good lineup. And Joey Votto. Joey Votto. And, you know, Jose Peraz is having a nice year. I mean, they've been good. They have my least favorite player in fantasy baseball, Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton. <laughs> so Ty, your boy Tyler Maley on the hill tonight oh. against Suarez. Nice young arm. Has had some bad starts, some good starts. Matt Harvey, we get to see. Harvey Day three, and then Luis Castillo, who's had a very disappointing season. Man, Luis for a Castillo, talented kid. Luis Castillo coming into the season was like drafting top Mystery, ten. Mystery, <laughs> exciting breakout guy. Terrible. Um, Tyler Maley. I like Maley. So I like him too. But what I so last night I was watching Tyler Skaggs, and Maley falls into the same category. And this one's is, a righty, one's a lefty. Right, right, right. But this is where Vince Velasquez was. So, so Tyler Skaggs has. 94 from left side and a hammer curveball, but doesn't have that third pitch that can separate him from other pitchers. Maley is just a fastball guy with like average off-speed stuff, so guys just eventually get used to his fastball. What's made Vince Velasquez take the next step in his development is that he actually has a, like a third pitch that is going to get people off of his fastball. Anyway, minor side tangent. How, t- t- but I was just thinking about Tyler Skaggs, and Tyler Maley falls into that category, and my continued impression with Vince Velasquez. All right, Fritz, any final thoughts for you? I do have a final thought. So last night, James, I was watching the White Sox Angels. And guess who comes on the mound? But Chris Volstead. Chris Volstead! Chris Volstead, who is trash. And I cannot believe... Chris Volstead still in the major leagues. Which should should never be the case. So um, Famed trade between me and my brother the first years in our fantasy league that everyone got so mad about when I traded him Adam LaRoche for Chris Volstadt, and you know what that trade mattered? Nothing. Yeah. It, it was me, and they're like, brothers are colluding. Oh, we gave him Chris Volstadt. It was like Chris Volstadt. Anyway, right. that's my so, Chris Volstadt memory. So so it got me thinking about players that Ryan Howard has dominated in his entire career. Okay. So let me just rattle off these career numbers <laughs> against Chris Volstadt. Eight homers, which most, of, most against any pitcher in the entire sport. Uh... Uh, a 519 batting average. It's okay. And an OPS of over 2,000. Whoa! Yeah. So Ryan Howard. You don't see a 2,000 OPS too often. It just it was nice seeing Chris Volstead again. It was like seeing an old friend. Yeah, I'm sure Ryan Howard would feel that way too. <laughs> Ryan Howard might actually still be able to home rob Chris Volstead. I would set that, set that up is. for charity or something. I like that. It's Chris a good Volstead idea. versus Ryan Howard for one more last time. All right, my final if Ryan thought. Ha- if Chase Helley can get all this stuff this right? weekend. Bring in Chris Volstead and yeah, Ryan Howard for a little probably, charity. They probably boo Ryan Howard when he came out. That's how we've treated poor Ryan Howard over the years. <laughs> Listen, gonna go down as gonna go down as so underappreciated. Underappreciated. Shout out to Ryan Howard. Uh, final thought: rate and review the podcast. It makes Jack so happy. It makes yes. him so happy. It, I can't only... even tell you. I'll just get texts from him with copies of reviews and all that. So do it for Fritz. Um, enjoy uh, Phillies baseball this weekend, Fritz, and I'll be back to talk to you on Sunday after. The Phillies sweep four games to the Reds. How about that, Fritzy? Mm, I like After it. the Phillies take three out of four games to the Reds this week. That's what I'm talking about. All right, we'll they, talk. they don't sweep series. They can only win three. Yeah, they can only yeah. take two or three I'll or three or four. I'll take three or four here. That'll be fine. Two against the Red Sox coming up after that, so we'll preview oh, that as well. Showdown. So a lot. And, of course, trade deadline, all that stuff. We got you covered. So for Jack Fritz, I'm James Seltzer. See you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. <laughs> 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 